Hi guys, we are back with a new episode of Blush after being gone last week. I'm Tiffany and I'm here with my co-host Hiva. Hiva, how are you? Hi Tiff. Hi guys. I'm so excited to be recording again. I missed this so much last week. I know. It was crazy. There was like so many protests and riots and just like things got so nuts because there was no episode of Blush. There was almost a government shutdown over this, you guys. Honestly, I mean, I was really concerned about the welfare of our country. (laughs) Yeah, it was really bad. I'm glad you guys stuck through this. Out of everything that's happened this year, I know this was by far the worst. Yeah, I mean, there was, you know, pandemic shutdowns. There were the BLM protests. There were riots. There was looting. But one week off of blush, I think, really has been the hardest thing that has happened in the past 12 months. Yeah, we're really giving everything a run for its money. But we are back, and we promise not to put you guys through that again. Do not worry. You know, he and I were preparing this week's episode, and it reminded me of a story. And I can't believe I'm sharing this. But, okay, this happened a while ago. This happened when I was single. I was out for my friend's birthday at a club. He had gotten a table. He's gay. It was gay night. And I was there with him and one of my really close girlfriends. And we're at the table and I'm getting progressively more and more drunk. It was one of those nights where I was like, I'm going to black out. Like, this is what's happening tonight. So we're at this table And my friend turns to me and she goes, oh, do you see these girls that are not with us? And I see about three girls. They're kind of dancing on the border of our table and like a wall. It was a weird setup. And I go, well, should I say something to them? Should I kick them out? And she's like, no, it's not a big deal. Like, it's whatever. And so we're continuing to drink and have fun. And my friend, she turns to me and she goes, this girl is checking you out. And I go, what do you mean she's checking me out? And I go, and she's like, she's checking you out. She's like, I know because I was actually checking her out. My friend is bisexual. And and she's like, I was checking her out because she's super hot, but she's checking you out. And I was like, wait, really? Like she's checking me out? And she was like, yeah. So I look over and I look over at her and I lock eyes with her. And I'm like, oh my God, she is checking me out. And I have to say... It was one of those nights where, you know, when you go out and you just like, you know, you look good. The makeup had come together. I was wearing like a lingerie bodysuit, which I guess that's typically what I wear. But and I was wearing jeans, but I just looked snatched. Like I felt really good about myself that night. And I'm a straight girl, but it's still flattering. Mm -hmm. Like I, you know, I was super flattered by it. Yeah, it's arguably more flattering than when a guy checks you out. For sure. And So I keep noticing this girl is staring at me and she's with two of her friends, these girls that I almost kicked out from our table. You know, when someone's looking at you, you just like keep looking at them back because you don't know what to do with the situation. And so we keep just like locking eyes and I don't really know what to do. And then she waves over at me to come over to her and her friends. And I turn to my friend. I'm like, I'm pretty drunk at this point. I'm like, what do I do? She's like, just go talk to them. Like, it's fine. And in my head, I'm still thinking, maybe she's just being friendly. Like, it was gay night, but it was, like, gay guys and straight girls. So it wasn't, like, I wasn't at a bar with a bunch of lesbians. A part of me was still, like, maybe she's straight and she just 
wants to be friends. <laughs> and I go over there and she's like, you should dance with us. And I'm like, okay. And I start dancing with them and she turns to me and goes, you are so hot. And, and at first, you know, everyone's heard that at some point, right? I've heard that from guys. I'd never really heard it from a girl before. Maybe from my girlfriends, like when you're about to go out and your girlfriends are like, oh, you look so hot. Mm-hmm. And you're like hyping each other up but the way she said it to me was like not even a guy has said it to me like that before and I was like oh thank you she goes no seriously like I couldn't keep my eyes off of you like there's just something about your energy Ooh. <laughs> it was the most flattering thing anyone has ever said to me and I go wow like thank you that's so nice and I'm looking at her I'm like she's really pretty so we ended up hooking up <laughs> Let me just set the stage. I disappear with her, right? My friends just assume I'm being a dumb, drunk bitch, which is accurate. I come back and I'm like, yeah, so I hooked up with that girl. And they're like, wait, what? (laughs) Like, my friend is gay. My girlfriend is bi. And they always make fun of me for being just the straightest girl. Like, I don't even talk about like hooking up like it's never even a question yeah you're like a strict one on the Kinsey scale like I like you're like one of the least bi-curious people I've met (laughs) the least bi-curious woman (laughs) I know and listen it just proves how much sexual sexuality is not a choice because if I could choose I don't think I would be necessarily straight so it's really like I've been forced into this situation (laughs) And they were, like, stunned. Like, they didn't know how to process this information. And I was like, look, she said I was hot. And it is what it is. I don't know what to tell you. She really flattered me. And before we go on to the topic, I'll just add a little funny note on this, on what happened, is we end up separating. I come back to the table, and we're leaving the club. And I was like, oh, I should say bye to her. Like, <laughs> like that's, I don't know how to handle so I'm like looking for her and I think we had like exchange numbers because I guess that's kind of what you do I don't know (laughs) and I find her and her friends and she's crying and I was like oh no what happened and her friend kind of grabs me and goes yeah so she has a boyfriend (gasps) and and she's actually like straight and she's never done this before (gasps) I guess she was just really into you (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> she, she she felt really bad for cheating on her boyfriend with me and i will say for a hot second i was like maybe she's my soulmate like maybe like maybe this was meant to be so just a weird way to end the night i felt really bad that like that happened i don't know she really actually i was a lot more drunk than she was i don't think she was drunk at all but i have to say going to our topic love languages words of affirmation (laughs) is clearly mine i mean all she had to do was say i had a beautiful energy and i'm like well i guess i'm a lesbian now (laughs) well and i think energy is something that really like resonates with you like as soon as you said this i was like oh my god i bet they fucked (laughs) yeah (laughs) 
<laughs> like she said, you have beautiful energy. Oop. <laughs> it's game over. <laughs> done. Done. I was like, oh, okay. We're together now. Yeah. We're getting married. Like, I didn't even know I was into women, but I guess now I am. So. Wow. What a curveball, though. I would have assumed she's like a professional lesbian. <laughs> like, she. No. <laughs> wow. And that's why I was so flattered. I was like. She turned me, I turned her. Maybe this was meant to be. I mean, it obviously we're not together now, but it's a wonderful memory that I have. Um, probably never would again, but you know, interesting experience. So to love languages, <laughs> you never know. You say the right thing to the right person and you can literally get them to do anything. Yeah, I think it's important here that it was your specific love language, right? Should we just talk about what love languages are? I think most people are familiar, but maybe not everyone. I will say I recently asked someone what their love languages were, and it was bad guy. And he was like, (laughs) music, um, like... (laughs) camping I was like that's not those aren't like those aren't part of them you're just saying random (laughs) shit that's better than me asking every guy I've dated what's your love language the answer has always been blowjobs and I'm like (laughs) okay great (laughs) so let's break down what love languages are okay so it's based on a book by Dr. Gary Chapman And there are basically, he says, five ways that people like to receive love in. And, you know, all of us usually like to receive love in all five ways, but there are one or two that are more dominant for us. And so the five are gifts, quality time, acts of service, physical touch, and words of affirmation. So we'll put in the show notes of this episode the link so that you can go take. There's plenty of quizzes, but this is like the official one. And so I made Van Guy take it and I retook it that same day. And I really for years have been convinced that mine is physical touch because I do really respond very well to touch and I like really like touching things oh my god I have like actual touching issues um (laughs) beginning of COVID was so hard for me just random tangent when like we thought that COVID was stuck on services surfaces (laughs) like I literally would have to go out in a straight jacket so that I wouldn't just touch everything in the world like a three-year-old, I head to the store and I just touch everything. Sticky fingers, he <laughs> yep. has, apparently. <laughs> but yeah, so I took the quiz the other day and I was shocked that my primary one was words of affirmation also. That makes sense. I think most women are like that, to be honest. I have this big theory that I think that the love languages that we gravitate towards the most are the things that we weren't receiving in childhood. And I think it makes sense that both of ours are words of affirmation because in the Persian culture, it's not very normal to be... Like, I, I, in my entire childhood, not once did my parents say, I'm proud of you. Like, not because they didn't want to or they weren't. I don't even know how you would say that in Farsi. A hundred percent. And when they do give you, I guess, words of affirmation, it's always these like really extreme statements like I will die for you. And you're like, I can't take this seriously. This seems really disingenuous. 
Yeah, to any non-Iranian people, that is literally a phrase that Iranians just throw around to each other all the time. It's so, like, dramatic and unnecessary. It's so (laughs) unnecessary. And, yeah, I feel like as a kid, whenever I needed it, I never really got it from either parents in an appropriate way. Definitely. And then, on the other hand, I got a 0% for gifts And I think it's because that's like the primary way that my parents showed love to me growing up. And so now I'm like, no, I don't want a fucking gift. Like, I want you to sit here and tell me that you like me. Yeah, I think I got somewhere in the middle with gifts. I don't mind gifts. It just depends on the situation. And I don't want it to feel like I don't want to get a gift because you did something wrong. Yes. Or like, I don't want to get a gift because like you're not spending enough time with me. I think that's something I have in my head. These like husbands were at work all day and then like come home with like a diamond necklace. It's like, yeah, that doesn't compensate for the fact that we spend an hour a day together. Yeah. Give me a diamond necklace, but not because you like pissed me off. Yeah. I though in general, when it comes to love languages, I really do need all of them. Like, I'm a very needy person, but I think on the other end of it, I think I give all of them in return, except for gifts. I don't I do not do that. I do small gifts. I actually give gifts a lot more than I like to receive gifts. I think the biggest thing with love languages, and this is something that gets really tricky, is sometimes we give the love that we want to receive And I think that's why it's so important if you're dating someone and even if it's in the early stages, I think that's completely fine to take this test or have this discussion because you may be doing all the things you think you should be doing to show this person that you're into them, but that might not be what they want or need and neither of you could be even realizing it like it's so subconscious like you could be doing all these acts of service for them and in your head you're like this is how I this is how I want to receive love so this is what I'm giving to you and they're like well acts of service don't really mean anything to me and they need words of affirmation and I think that happens a lot I know it's something that happens with our parents a lot Mm -hmm. of the time it happens in friendships a lot of the time and it really does happen in personal relationships sometimes it's not that he doesn't care about you or she doesn't care about you they might just think in their head they are doing their love language I know with Mr. B for him he loves doing acts of service and he would like drive me places or do stuff like that for me and, he'd, and I'd like be like, you're not showing me love or you're not showing me enough love. And he's like, I literally just drove you around to all your errands today <laughs> and was there through everything and dealt with all this stuff for you. And I was like, uh, OK, OK, maybe you have a point. Like, maybe I can shut the fuck up. <laughs> but in his head, you know, that's his way of, of showing love. That's his love language. And maybe it's not number one for me but that doesn't mean he's not showing me that he cares Mm -hmm. yeah definitely I had this big time with my parents I mean they were like showering me with gifts all the time god I sound so fucking bratty (laughs) but never being like hey we love you we're so proud of you like you're doing such a good job in life and finally a couple years ago my brother had to be like hey Hiva really needs to 
explicitly hear from you guys that you love her and that you're proud of her and that you think she's doing well. And it was so foreign and difficult for my parents, again, because it's just not common in Persian culture. And it's to the point where now I know they're just doing it because you told them and it still makes me feel good. But like they'll literally in English, I mean, we exclusively speak in Farsi and they'll in English be like, I'm proud of you because none of us know how to say it in Farsi because it's just not part of the culture. There's no term for it. Yeah, there really is no term for it. It's fascinating. Even though it feels sometimes insincere, like I know they're doing it because they're doing it on purpose, it still feels so fucking good. Like when they say those things, I'm like, I kind of chuckle because I'm like, I know you're forcing yourself to do this, but also thank you so much because it like lights my soul on fire. Even if you know that it is forced, it still means a lot that they're forcing it. Like that still means, that might even mean more that it's not natural for them, but they're still going out of their way to give this to you. And really, I think it's kind of fun and cute just in early dating. I mean, I did this with Van Guy a couple weeks ago. I was like, hey, let's sit and take these quizzes together. I mean, after, you know, he said a bunch of, bunch of ridiculous nonsense, like travel is his love language. Oh, man. Uh, okay. So speaking of taking quizzes, that same day at the same time, so we take our love language quizzes, and then I just happen to see on the website that there is another quiz called Apology Languages. And I was like, huh, that's interesting. So I guess the same author, Dr. Gary Chapman, wrote another book after that where he described five apology languages. And So we take our apology language quizzes. And I actually loved this quiz because I think a lot of us are so familiar with the love languages that when we take the quiz, you might be kind of predisposed to answer in the way that you think you land. Like I thought mine was physical touch. So there are times where I think I maybe picked physical touch languages because I was uh, answers because I was biased. But with the apology languages, I mean, no one I've talked to is familiar with this at all. And so I feel like the results were really spot on. I agree fully. And let me just tell you, I am so fucking grateful that we took the apology language quizzes that day because the next day he got super mad at me for something (laughs) and kind of rightfully so. And I'll probably tell the story in the weeks to come because it involves another person that you guys have heard about on this podcast. I'm not going to get into it this week, but there was a bit of a messy situation. And one could say that maybe I had done something wrong. I don't know. I think it's up for discussion. But Yeah, it's up for a fucking debate. But anyways. Anyways, um, I certainly wanted to rectify it. And so I quickly remembered his apology language. And I leaned so hard into his apology language during that entire conversation to the point where at some point he laughed. He's like, I know what you're doing. And I was like, but is it working? And he's like, yep, it is. (laughs) 
what are the five apology languages and then which one is his so i'll just list them and then i'll explain them because honestly they all kind of sound the same to me until you get the description so the first one is expressing regret the second one is accepting responsibility third making restitution fourth genuinely repenting and fifth, requesting forgiveness. So the first one, expressing regret, it's kind of really just saying I'm sorry, but you have to explicitly say that you regret what you did or regret hurting them. And for this one, it really helps to hold eye contact and have soft body language. This is actually my apology language. So I'm going to lay out this hypothetical scenario and then I'll take it through each of them for how you would apologize. So let's say hypothetically you lash out on your partner in anger for absolutely no reason. You know, total hypothetical. I don't do this like on a weekly basis for no reason. Yeah. When has that ever happened? I've never experienced that. (laughs) Yeah. What a crazy, crazy, crazy thing to do. That's a scenario. Now, if your partner likes to receive apologies via the expressing regret route, then the apology should entail something to the effect of, I'm sorry, I wish I had not hurt you by yelling at you. I feel so bad for how I treated you. So the key here is that I feel so bad for how I treated you. You're expressing that like you are upset by your own actions. I've never apologized this way, by the way. (laughs) I've never expressed regret. (laughs) Me neither. Not once. So the second one, accepting responsibility, this is actually van guys. So what they want to hear are, I am wrong. So for these people, just saying I'm sorry isn't enough. To really feel like you're sincere in your apology, you have to be weak and admit to your mistakes. I don't think I've ever done this either. (laughs) I had never done it before, you know, shit popped off that day. And then I was doing it so hard. I was like, I'm sorry. I fucked up. I was wrong. (laughs) I should have told you sooner. I like this one. Actually, I have done that. I have said, like, I made a mistake. Like, I can admit that. Yeah. I don't know if I've ever meant it 100%. (laughs) I mean, in this scenario, I was kind of in my head. I was like, but did I? Did I really? Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. But I will accept it. So like going back to that same hypothetical example, something like, I'm sorry I yelled at you. I was angry, but I had no right to yell. You did not deserve that. See, what I say is, yeah, I yelled at you and I probably shouldn't have yelled at you, but this is why you deserved it. (laughs) We're going to go into like a formula for apologizing, but really, I think the biggest thing is to never include the word but in your apology. (laughs) Heva is going to explain how to apologize and my apology is just to not fucking apologize. Own whatever the fuck you did and stand by it until everything (laughs) burns to the ground. Listen, I've been doing a lot of apologizing lately, so I've become a pro at it. He was just constantly repenting over there. (laughs) I've literally said, I'm just saying sorry to alleviate the situation, but I want you to know I'm not sorry. (laughs) Multiple times. I've been like, I'll say sorry. Fine, I'm sorry. But I want to know deep down, I don't mean it. (laughs) All right. So... 
third one, making restitution. This is Tiffany's. I think it's kind of the best one, objectively. I don't know why it's not mine. (laughs) (laughs) This requires offering to rectify the harm that you've caused someone. I mean, a very simple example of this is like in a playground situation, like if a kid steals a toy from someone else, you wouldn't just have the kid apologize. You'd also have them give the toy back. You know, that's making restitution. In adult relationships, it's a little bit harder. So I think the simplest way to do it is just to tack on a how can I make this up to you? The fourth one is genuinely repenting, which really just sounds like saying sorry. But the thing that distinguishes this one is it includes some kind of reassurance that you won't do it again. So in the yelling example that we keep using, you would say something like, I'm sorry, I really want to prevent this from happening again. I'll start looking into ways to better control my anger and do some digging into the underlying reasons for why I blew up like that. Yeah, I feel like this one might be my least favorite. Really? Yeah, because I just feel like realistically in a romantic relationship, we're speaking solely on romantic relationships here, there's a strong chance it happens again. Now, there's always extreme situations like cheating or really fucked up shit. I'm not talking about that. But sort of like the things that you get into fights about with your significant other, they're typically a lot of the same stuff. Mm. So I just think it's kind of like delusional to say, oh, this isn't going to happen again. It's going to happen again. Maybe not in the same exact form, but it will shape shift into something else to happen again. We're going to get into a fight again. You're going to do some shit to piss me off. Don't tell me you're not going to like do it. You're just going to find a new way to do it. <laughs> yep. I have been a raging bitch for the past week and a half. Really, honestly, not entirely my fault. I've been going through some pretty severe health stuff, and uh, I've kind of taken it out on everyone I love, including Van Guy. I remember one time, I mean, really, this type of scenario, I was just being crazy towards him for literally no reason. And then when I was apologizing, I was like, listen, I'm really sorry I fucked up. I would love to promise that this will never happen again. I can't promise that, but I can promise that I'll do my best to prevent it from happening again. That's so much more sincere. Yeah. I like that so much more to be like, I'm going to definitely try, but I can't make any promises because then you don't want to make a promise you can't keep. And then it's like, not only am I mad at you for doing this again, but I'm also mad at you for telling me you're not going to do it again. And you did. Yeah. And then last but not least, requesting forgiveness. Again, sounds like all the others, but what distinguishes this one is you want to tack on a version of will you forgive me at the end of it. I feel like men love this one. Yeah. Love. Men use this a lot. Are we cool? Can we just be cool? Can we be friends again? Can you forgive me? And it's like, no, fuck off. (laughs) (laughs) Clearly, Tiffany does not like this one. No, I don't mind it, but I think you have to do all the other ones before coming to this one. So yeah, in that same hypothetical, you would say something like, I'm truly sorry for yelling at you. Can you find it in your heart to forgive me? Now, here's what I personally think. I think that you should hit all five of these in a good apology. For sure. I think like the formula for a good apology starts with, I'm sorry, and then 
handle all of these five, maybe in that exact order. But if you know the recipient's apology language, spend more time on that one. Yeah, especially depending on how many times you've done this specific thing. Mm -hmm. Like if you've done this specific thing to piss off this person numerous times, you're going to probably have to go into like a full rotation of all of these like (laughs) until they forgive you. But if it's like an isolated situation or a one time thing, you can maybe just do one and kind of get away with it. You could handle all five in one sentence hypothetically, you know, it doesn't have to be super elaborate. But yeah, like that fight that I had with Van Guy about the other person who's been talked about on the podcast I mean that was a more intense thing so I I definitely hit all five of those but I spent a lot of time on accepting responsibility and so I'd kind of do like a one two three four five and then hit two again and then like go to three and then hit two again just keep coming back to two and just constantly accepting responsibility and I mean like I said it got to the point where he was laughing he's like I know exactly what you're doing and I was like But, you know, it's working. I also like adding a little explanation. Mm -hmm. And there is a very fine line because I hate an excuse. Mm. Like, I don't, there's never an excuse, right? But I think there is a way to explain why you did what you did without making excuses for what you did. And I always like to personally explain where I was coming from because I think most of us, 99% of us have the right intentions and we're not trying to intentionally hurt anyone. And whatever we did, a lot of the times, most of the time has nothing to do with them and it's our own shit that we're going through. So I think explaining that but not really trying hard to not make an excuse for it is super key. Yeah, definitely. Okay, I'm just going to share what this fight was about with Van Guy. Oh, okay. I mean, I'm not going to get into <laughs> details. I'll just give a quick abridged version. Basically, I used to date someone who he knows. I kind of pieced it together before he did. Well, I, d- I didn't know how well they knew each other. I realized that they follow each other on Instagram and I never said anything about it to him. He then figured it out that day when we were having a fight. And so part of my explanation is I didn't know how well they know each other. Like two people following each other on Instagram might mean nothing. It might mean every, I, I have no idea. Why was I going to potentially blow up something with this guy who I seem to really be vibing with over a guy that I, you know, went on a few dates with and nothing more happened. Yeah. It just seemed outrageous that I would do that. So that was my explanation. But I waited until I had really apologized before I was like, can I just tell you my side of things so that you can get a little more perspective? And so I did. And I was like, you know, I'm sorry, I fully concede that I fucked up and maybe I should have told you sooner. But even as I'm apologizing right now, I'm not fully sure when the right time would have been. Like, do you know? Like, do you, what what do you think? You know, like you tell me when would have been the right time. And he kind of was like, well, yeah, okay. I see what you're saying. I think personally, and obviously my opinion doesn't matter, but I'm sharing it anyways. I think unless it was a full blown relationship, I don't think you're required to share really anything of what you've done or haven't done. And also on that note, I follow people on Instagram that A, I've never met and B, I met 
once and for some reason now we follow each other on Instagram. I mean, 90% of my Instagram relationships are with people I've never met. And we we even DM each other, like we'll comment on each other's shit we've never fucking met. So, uh, you know, and it is a guy that I've talked about on this podcast. I will share the story in episodes to come because I think it'll be exciting for you guys. But for now, I'm not going to because... The other person involved doesn't know. So I think it would be kind of awkward if you found out (laughs) via this podcast. I think it was really big of you to apologize. And it just shows how much you do care about him. I personally would not have apologized. So if the guy (laughs) is listening to this, he was a keeper. I would not have done that. I would have been like, tough fucking shit. I don't fucking care. I'll apologize just to alleviate the situation. But I just want you to know I'm not sorry. (laughs) Sorry, not sorry. (laughs) Living in a major city, you think there's a lot of people. There's not. No. The circles are small. And if we're going to try and avoid these things, like, it's not going to work. It's It's just ridiculous. Okay, I have dated two different guys who have both dated this chick that I'm Instagram friends with who lives in London. (laughs) (laughs) What? Who cares? Two. Not one. Two. Actually, one of them is SoCal guy slash cat photo guy. Oh. <laughs> so. Love her. What a queen. She's just dating multiple guys in New York City across the pond. Another word on apologies. Do make sure that you actually use the words, I'm sorry. It's crazy how often people don't actually say, I'm sorry. Like, it's a really hard thing, but it tends to be what people want to hear. And there's this fascinating experiment by the Cleveland Clinic, which is a clinic associated with the University of Michigan. I think they largely do cancer work. I could be wrong on that. They found that if they just said, I'm sorry, after they fucked up, their liability costs ended up going down so much. Like people were suing them so much less for malpractice and their lawyers were going apeshit. I mean, a lawyer will be the first to tell you never fucking apologize, but they just did it anyway. And they were facing so far fewer lawsuits because really what people wanted were apologies like they didn't really care about the money they just wanted to hear that they were sorry and I will say this it's kind of almost the opposite but I think both are true I think a lot of the times in a committed serious relationship that you've kind of been together for a little bit whatever you're fighting about probably is not really what you're fighting about so whatever happens in the fight whatever the argument is It's like the surface of it is not actually what is going on. I don't have an example, but I'm sure you can think of stupid fights you get over with your significant other, right? Before just saying, I'm sorry, like, I'm sorry I got mad at you for, like, not putting the toilet seat down or some dumb shit like that. Really take a step back and be like, is that really what we're fighting about? Or is there something really actually going on that's a lot deeper than them not putting the dishes away because I'm going to say nine times out of ten it's probably something a lot deeper so don't just like apologize and then never speak about it really try and see why a fight over dirty dishes turned into like an eruption of emotions because there's 
more than likely something else to it. I love that. And I just say this from like a lot of personal experience. Yes, our resident relationship person. I know, constantly monogamous. So yeah, it's it's never what you think it is. And I have could you could save so much time and energy skipping. And it's going to be really contradictory. But skipping the apologies and just being like, what the fuck is going on? Like, why are you mad? What are you frustrated? Why did this trigger you? the way it did and I'm sure you're gonna have a much deeper conversation about it I love that I think we should expand upon that in a separate episode for sure we're starting a new thing we got a bunch of really great listener questions so we're gonna start doing a question after every topic and this week's question of the week is would you commit to someone you are 95% sure about what should we wait for a tailor-made angel from god and this is from a guy. Love this question so much. What do you think, Kiva? I'm so sorry to constantly do this, but this sounds a lot like avoidant attachment. So if you're not familiar, attachment theory is a branch of psychology that explains how people connect to one another. It speaks a lot to commitments and interpersonal relationships. So there are three broad attachment styles. There's secure attachment. Those are people who just can easily commit and can easily be alone. And there's little anxiety for either side. There's anxious attachment. These people are very preoccupied with the idea of being with someone and being alone is very often very hard for them. But being in a relationship, they tend to have or in dating or, you know, you can have different attachment styles with different facets of your life. Like you, you have attachment styles with your friends and stuff, too. But we're just talking about dating right now. In dating, they tend to put the partner on a pedestal. They're constantly anxious and worried about whether their partner still likes them. All of the kind of cliche, stereotypical, crazy girl characteristics, I think, are kind of anxious attachment. Not to stereotype, but I, I, I think it helps explain it. And then there's avoidant attachment. And these are people who literally avoid attaching to people. They are often, you know, we label them as emotionally unavailable. To me, this question just screams avoidant attachment. And also, I just want to say this is coming with zero judgment. I'm currently working with an attachment styles coach. And even though I've always known that I'm anxious attachment, I'm finding so many avoidant attachment patternings within myself lately. So I completely completely understand this question and relate to it so with that said (laughs) do you think it's better to wait or do you think 95 percent is good enough I think 95 percent is pretty fucking high like I don't know how it could get much higher than that I don't know I would take 55 percent is what I was thinking I mean, I think experts say that if someone meets what is it like six 70 to 80 percent of your list something like that that's like a soulmate level match yeah and I think guys have this a lot more like I that's why I specifically said this is coming from a guy when Mm -hmm. I talk to single guys I think they're constantly thinking is there something better out there Mm -hmm. and I will say the guys I've seen that have had that mentality are still alone yeah because 
I don't think there is. So I think that's what they figured out the hard way. And I think women, we have this too. I'm not saying it's just a a man thing, but I do think when I talk to my single girlfriends and my single guy friends, men obsess over that a lot more than we do. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, we live in a world where we're inundated with choices. I mean, I remember I was once trying to buy a mug when I'd first moved to New York. I didn't have a mug. I just wanted a fucking mug. I just wanted some hot water. It took me a month to buy a mug because every time I would see a mug. I was like, well, I might find another mug that I like better. It's a fucking mug. I can own more than one mug. Like, I don't know why I was being so crazy about it. But we're just overwhelmed by choices. And so it's so natural to be like, well, maybe there's something better. Maybe there's something better. But 95% is pretty high. Honestly, the only thing I would add to it is what's the 95% and what's the 5%? Yeah, I will say this to the guy. If she puts up with your bullshit, which I'm sure you have a ton of because we all do, if she's really easy and chill to hang out with, if the sex is good and you're attracted to her. And I honestly, even with looks, I wouldn't put too much weight on it because I'll tell you this. We're all going to look like shit when we're old anyway, so it doesn't yep. fucking matter. <laughs> like, yep. We're all going to look like trash unless you're like Jennifer Lopez, which I'm sure she's not. We're all going to look horrific. So don't even worry about that. But if she puts up with your shit and she's super into you, worship her because you're not going to find that, especially not in this day and age with how women are, with how my girlfriends are. If a girl's putting up with your shit and she's cool with you, and I don't mean like, you know what I mean? If she is understanding, if you can be open with her and you can be yourself with her, really, really don't take that for granted because that's rare. That's really, there's very few guys in my life I have been super comfortable, open, dealt with their bullshit. Like it's really, really fucking rare. So yeah, I hope that advice helps. Yeah. And on that note, we have our giveaway. Do you have a giveaway, Heva, or should I do the giveaway this week? I have something in mind, but if you have something, you can roll with it. I mean, the only giveaway that I was thinking, and I don't know if this is going to entice anyone to participate... And for the giveaway, in order to enter, screenshot this episode, put it in your story, tag Kiva and I, write a review, DM the episode to someone and put a screenshot of that. And look, I will tell you how far I went with the chick. Like, I will tell you what base we hit. Ooh, 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 ooh. I like that. I like that a lot. That's a good one. You will know. I will tell you. Fuck it. So... Can I piggyback and add a second giveaway? Because mine's related. Oh, okay. But if you, to enter this one, you have to do all of the things. So you have to leave a five-star review. You have to put this episode in your stories. And you have to send a screenshot of your review and tag us in the stories. If you do all of the things, then we'll enter you into the second giveaway. <laughs> and that one is... Listen, we've talked about how Tiffany's love language is words of affirmation. And specifically, she really likes hearing about her energy. 
if you do this, I'll give you other tips for how to get Tiffany. <laughs> I'm glad I'm just bothered and weak. <laughs> I'm glad I'm just the whore of the podcast now. Listen, I'm not saying it'll work, but I'll give you tips for taking your best shot. I love that we're whoring me out in multiple ways. Here's the hoary <laughs> shit I've done, and here's the hoary shit you can get me to do. Like, good God. Hey, at least I'm not taking nudes of you in your sleep and sharing them. So, <laughs> Which, honestly, at this point, I don't think I would, like, be against. So... <laughs> Yeah, whatever it takes. Just leave reviews and share the episode, guys. It really helps us. (laughs) You know what? If you subscribe and you get 100 people to subscribe, I will have lesbian sex with you. Like, even if you're a man, we can scissor. Fuck it. Like, we'll figure it out. (laughs) Okay. Well, on that note, we're out of our category. We've been banned from Apple Music for prostitution. So... Please, we're back and now we're not back, I guess. <laughs> well, it's fun having one last episode with yeah. you guys. <laughs> Love you guys. Have a great Love night. Love you guys. Day. Bye. Bye.